0: Watching the Everton game in the background while speaking to you.
1: Oh, fantastic! (laughs) (laughs) I I I hope it's better than the Tottenham game a few days ago. So
0: yeah, I was uh, I was thinking uh, I was like, oh man, what a weird time, dude, at ten a.m. when uh, Everton's playing. He must have (laughs) not. He's not wanting to watch his team right now. (laughs) Got from uh, from Spurs, right? Is that what it is?
1: It's uh, man, I'm. uh, I think I'm still in mourning from uh, from Sunday. (laughs) uh God, that was awful um my older brother and my sister-in-law and my nephew were at the house and uh you know they they don't know a whole lot about soccer but uh you know they're asking me they're like that's a team that you like right and i said yeah yeah unfortunately <laughs> and uh my nephew kept reminding me uh he, he's 15 he kept reminding me he's like they're not very good i'm like well thank you thank you for that you know This is the On The Touchline Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Broadwater. Welcome to the show. Before I get to my conversation in Episode 9 of On The Touchline with Brookhaven FC soccer coach Alberto Gonzalez, a friendly reminder that this is a listener-supported podcast. And you can do one of two things to help this show continue to grow. Uh, It has been nine amazing episodes thus far. And the plan is to continue to uh, share coaches, players, and those in the soccer community that uh, I find interesting. And based on your feedback, uh, you have found interesting as well. Uh, So by going to anchor.fm slash Touchline you can make a small monthly contribution to this show and uh, financially support what we are trying to do. Also, you can share uh, any episode out on social media. When you do that, please use the hashtag on the touchline and I will do my best to connect with you on social media that way. Speaking of social media, you can find me uh, active on Twitter or Instagram, at Soccer Coach JB, and DMs are always open for future guest ideas or topics that you would like for me to cover. As I mentioned previously, the reason I started this podcast is for a few reasons. One of those reasons is that football or soccer is the common thread that brings all of us together. And whether we have differing opinions of how the game should be played We all share a love of the game, and I hope to pay it forward by sharing my love of the game through this podcast. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, occasionally you'll hear me reference the common thread or the common bond that brings all of us together in the soccer community. Uh, Alberto Gonzalez and I connected actually something not necessarily soccer-related. Uh, We connected because of our struggles with mental health at different times throughout our life. And Alberto uh, saw a message that I had shared on social media about my struggles with anxiety and depression and reached out to me. And ever since then, he and I have been in touch uh, to support one another that way. Uh, Alberto has done a lot in a short period of time as a youth soccer coach and I admire uh, some of the work that he has done uh, from afar. Alberto grew up in Florida and began his coaching career at a young age, uh, working his way up the ranks with Orlando City. He has since moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and now works for Brookhaven FC, uh, one of the newest clubs in the Atlanta area. Uh, Part of what drew me to talking to Alberto, uh, not only our common experiences, but the philosophy that his club has as it relates to developing youth players. So I quote from their website, part of their club approach to create an atmosphere of development while not jumping into the quote-unquote youth sports race to nowhere. For any of us that have done this for any length of time, You know that there feels like an arms race at times to accelerate kids, uh, maybe even in some cases when they're not ready, uh, up the ranks in youth soccer. It goes on in other sports as well, I'm sure. He also touches on something in this episode that I found really interesting. Uh, Part of their club philosophy or approach is providing an environment where players and teams are allowed to be creative without fear of mistakes. He and I talk about the coaches we had growing up, where if you made a mistake because you were trying to be creative, how you were punished for that creativity. So he expands on that a little bit in this particular episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Alberto Gonzalez from Brookhaven FC. man i i sincerely appreciate uh you jumping on the latest episode of the on the touchline podcast and uh for folks to know a little bit about you um tell me uh about your coaching journey and, and how you've gotten to uh to where you are uh, presently sure um
0: starting off with um my playing career um if you ask any of my friends, honestly, I was a bang average soccer player. <laughs> um, I played high school. I played club soccer. Um, I started off started off pretty, um, I, was, I was older when I started. I started at like eight years old, which is really uncommon um, because my dad is Colombian and my mom is Mexican, but like they both weren't really into soccer. Um, they weren't really, really big in it. Uh, My dad played semi-pro in uh, table tennis, so that was his thing. Um, So, soccer wasn't a huge part of our home life. Um, But for whatever reason, I started playing and I loved it at eight years old. Um, I actually did not play college. Um, Right after high school, I went straight into coaching. So, I started coaching at about 18 years old. Um, My first coaching job was a uh, high school assistant coach um, for a very, very small school, probably like, you know, probably like 600 kids throughout the whole school. Um, and from there, um, uh, I went on to coach recreational at Orlando City Soccer Club. Um, I started, I think, with u eight. And as an 18-year-old coaching U8, that was quite the adventure. Um, I think I got, like, shin guards thrown out my head, like, nearly every week. Um, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> shortly after that, I uh, went to coach for a company called Soccer Shots. Um, Soccer Shots is um, a company for two kids that are from 2 to 8 years old. Um, it is an introduction to soccer and um from there I uh I gained confidence in the sport because I think if you coach two-year-olds you can really coach any any grade or any age so um it was good I I really really enjoyed that I um I think a lot of my personality came out when I was coaching the young young kids and uh it carried on to what I coach now so um from the recreational coach at Orlando City Soccer Club, I, they saw me and they, uh, and they saw that I coached two to eight-year-olds for soccer shots. So they asked me to become a coach for their Little Lions program, which is a developmental program um, for four to eight-year-olds to get them ready for the academy. Um, it teaches them the basic skills, you know, dribbling, passing. Um, it was very focused on the technical side of the game. Um after I became a coach for the Little Lions, they were saying they told me it's like, Hey, you have the skill set to be an administrator, i um, why do you become a site director for the Little Lions? Um, the Little Lions is a program that had th- about three hundred kids. Um, and it had it was split into four sites and I was the director of one of the sites. Um I did that for about two years. Um I got to know a lot of cool people and, you know, uh, my nickname when I was doing those ages was uh, Coach Applesauce and the kids loved it. Um, I would be walking around Target with my wife and uh, I would hear Coach Applesauce and uh, I'd instantly turn red and my, uh, my wife would laugh because, uh good times, <laughs> good times then. Um, after... Um, being a site director, um, they offered me, my boss at the time, left um, to work another job. So they offered me the director to um, overlook the Little Lions program. Um, so I was in charge of the four sites. I was in charge of all 300 kids. And then they uh, they had me hire my own staff. And it was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Um, I met... And then on top of that, they wanted to expand and start getting to schools so then we could be a little bit more community-based. And uh, we'd go into the schools, you know, teach little demo sessions to um, you know, underprivileged kids, and that, um, that eventually led me to where I am now in Atlanta. Um, in Atlanta, um, I work for a club. Um, that started maybe two years ago. Um, I, uh, I'm very much into making my mark um, and starting something new. Um, it was a new project, and I bought into everything that they were saying, and I was really, really excited. So um, I'm working there, and the part owner of the club is also the head coach at Oglethorpe University, Um, And at Oglethorpe University, I am the um, reserve team assistant, so I help out with the reserve team, and I help uh, set up sessions, I help um, train the boys, and um, that is where I am at now,
1: Um, I'm sure details will come. As you ask questions about yeah. um, everything, <laughs> you've—I uh, was going to say—you've had quite a lengthy uh, career in uh, a number of experiences. And how has uh, how have those experiences um, shaped sort of your philosophy of you know what you would like to see uh, as a soccer you know slash football coach uh, for the players that that you lead? Um. Yeah. So
0: I've worked with. Um, some incredible people. Um, you know, my head coach at the college is John Aiken. And, you know, being under him has been wonderful. Um, I've, at Orlando City, I coached under Paul Shaw, which, you know, um, he played at Arsenal. Uh, wealth of experience. Um, I've coached with, you know, my, one of my other bosses was a, one of the most capped players in futsal for the England national team. Um but my biggest thing is um, I love using the sport of soccer. To, I love sharing the passion um, with my players. And I not only want to prepare them, you know, for on the field, um, but I want to prepare them for their life experiences. And uh, um, I want, when I have my players play, um, I want them to play without fear of me berating them or, you know, getting some verbal abuse, I always tell them to um, uh, be creative and be yourselves on the field. And um, no matter what, you know, if um, they make a mistake, it's okay, they're going to learn from it. And that is one of my biggest philosophies is, you know, have fun, you know, make your mistakes. And if it needs to be corrected, we'll correct it. But Let's make sure we don't create robots on the field. And that's, you know, something that I'm seeing now that um, we're seeing a lot of robots and a lot of, uh, you know, we're checking off boxes of what, you know, our number six should look like rather than, you know, letting the player um, be creative and be themselves.
1: It's uh, that's an interesting segue because uh, a few episodes ago, uh, Bo Farrell and I were talking about, uh, a very similar topic in terms of um, almost the the lack of creativity. And I would say that that's a weakness uh, in my coaching abilities and, uh, you know, really for the new year, uh, have aspirations of uh, trying to, to foster that in kids. And so what does that look like for you? Um, you know, in terms of how do you bring out that creativity? How do you sort of inspire them to kind of be the best version of themselves as a, as a player?
0: Sure. Um, So there's like, so with that, there's a fine line, right? So um, I I sometimes when sessions are going on, I step away and I watch um, more than uh, I try not to be so much of a puppet master kind of a coach. You know, I try to let them solve problems. You know, I might give them a question and go, I might bring them in, give them a question and then have that, let them go see if they can solve the problem and um use more times than not they will um because i think we um we don't give the kids the credit that they deserve um they're a lot smarter than they think they are and um on creativity you know it's just letting them you know i do a lot of 1v1s 2v2s 3v3s um I let them, you know, take players on, Uh, I encourage it, you know, um, there a lot, there's a lot right now where it's, um, very, uh, possessive soccer. And I love that. That's, you know, I love having that, but, um, if a player has, you know, space in front of him, of course, take the space, you know, don't take, don't make that pass. And that's, um, something I've learned this past year, um, because, At my other clubs, I would play, you know, I'd have them, you know, pass the ball as quickly as you can, you know, get the ball, get rid of it. Uh, But now it's very much, you know, take that player on, be creative. What kind of, what do you have in your locker? I asked them, what do you have in your locker that can take that player on? What kind of skill set do you have or what kind of skill set can we, can I teach you to make sure
1: that you're confident enough to take that player on? Yeah, I, I think that's fantastic. I, I think I might actually borrow that line. So <laughs> what do you have in your locker? I like that. That's good. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I like the, the story that you mentioned earlier of, uh, you know, when you're out at target or out, uh, you know, in a social situation and, and players come up to you and uh, you know, recognize you and things like that. And so that uh, really speaks to sort of the importance of relationship building uh, with players And I I guess I'm curious from your experience as to what that has been like of creating that bond where they feel comfortable to uh, come up to you in a social situation and, you know, say, Hey, coach applesauce, what's going on? Or, you know, whatever. (laughs) And um, yeah, it seems like that's a a strength of your game.
0: Yeah. um, I think one of the biggest things that I tell young coaches I mean I'm I'm fairly young myself but um people that are starting um to coach is number one get the parents on your side early on like early on that's uh that's a massive massive uh tip that I give uh new coaches and um uh just this is the wrong way to put it but like sorry if this if I'm not allowed to curse but just give a shit about your kids you know just really really care about your kids and um me personally um at the beginning of every session I uh greet all my players by their name you know I go hey uh hey Nate how's it going hey Susie how's it going whatever it may be and um you know just care about them and ask them about their day, ask them about, you know, what they have going on in their life other than soccer, you know, because, you know, sure, you know, you only see them at soccer practice, but, you know, of course, you know, these kids have probably a hundred other things that they have going on. Um, Ask them about it, ask them, you know, uh, how's your piano recital? Or, you know, maybe next time I can come to your piano recital, or we can have the whole team come to your piano recital and be more of a family rather than, you know, just a team and just caring about what is going on in their life is um something you know of course it's going to take time out of your day and it's going to be like a little bit of a sacrifice but like just being there for your player when they need you is is important I think and um I think we need to do a little bit better job at doing that and um remembering that these young players look up to you and um you might be one of the most important people in their lives. And um, I think
1: we just need to do a better job remembering that. I think one of the, the most important things I've learned in my coaching career is the, uh, the importance of listening and the importance of observing. And I say that because of, of what you just said, Alberto, that um, you know, it's so funny that the players really, in my experience, they give you so many clues and so many glimpses into who they are not only as soccer players, but as people and, you know, as young men, young women, uh, what they wear to a training session. You know, if you don't have a sort of like a club policy where it's sort of like this organized uniform or anything like that, or what they're talking about with their friends before, um, you know, before you get going in a, in a session or whatever. And it's so funny because I remember coaches that I had in a wide variety of sports. um, It was almost that they were like, agitated that you're at practice or at a training session sure and and, I mean talk about like uh, you know sort of the the wrong environment uh, to create and I I 100% agree with you that I mean one of the first things I try to do with almost every training session is I'm you know there and and kind of getting ready and and set up or whatever is to say a quick hello to the parents and you know sort of check in on everybody and then you know as the players are, are getting going and like you said uh, talking to each player individually and saying their name and making sure that, you know, or that they know, you know uh, I always say that the, the give, the give a damn factor is pretty high, you know, with myself and and my, my coaching colleague. And um, yeah, I mean, there's so much more than soccer players. And uh, as I've told other coaches, I mean, we're not, yes, we're teaching them about soccer, but man, we are sure teaching them about life and perseverance and how to work through adversity and, not everything's going to go your way, and you know, sort of respect and behavior and integrity and character, and you know, I could go on and on. And um, yeah, so I I really liked uh, you know what you said there. Um, I'm curious too. You you kind of alluded to it a, a little earlier in terms of sort of that reflective piece uh, as a coach, and in our conversations, uh, I think part of why. Uh, you sort of jumped out to me and as a person that I would, you know, was interested in talking to is sort of that, you know, you seem like to be a very self-aware and self-reflective person. And uh, what is that like for you as a coach? Is it, you know, reviewing uh, a training film? Is it listening to yourself after a session? Is it taking notes? Um, How does that, you know, how do you sort of process, I guess the word I would use, uh, what a session or, or what a game looks like afterward?
0: Sure. Um, yeah, I take a lot of notes. Um I you know, I listen to the 343 podcast as well. And um he talks a lot about um videotaping your sessions. Um I have not done that, but um I'm very curious to hear what I sound like when I coach. I sure I I'm sure I ramble on a lot. Um but um I take a lot of notes. Um I, I do a lot of reflection. I, I really, really do. Um, you know, usually every game um, on the car ride home, I uh, I turn off the radio I, uh, and I'm just in my thoughts. And I think, you know, could I have done this better? You know, what, um, how could I have worded this better for my players so I can get my point across? Um, was my team talk um, okay or appropriate at halftime? Um, did I come off angry? Um, was I understanding enough? Um, am I am I being positive? At the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, I always want to be positive. And um, and also, do my par- Do my kids um, understand that I care? And do they understand that you know, if we have a loss, um, are we developing? Are we getting better every game? Even though we took this loss, did we learn something from this game? Did we take something away from this game? And, uh, those are a few things that I reflect on, um, during games, even at practices, you know, I might, you know, I might be having a bad day and, um, I, uh, I reflect and I, I go, oh man, I really shouldn't have said that today. Or I, um, I really should have, uh. Used my tone a little bit better to talk to this player and I'll go back. And the next day I'll be like, Hey man, I apologize for, you know, how I said what I said. And, uh, it, it was unc- uncalled, for and shouldn't have happened. Um, but just reflection in general, um, is great. And, um, it, it's, it's helped me grow as a coach and, I, uh, I encourage all coaches to do it as well.
1: I it, It's so scary sometimes uh, when you record yourself. And uh, as, as evidenced by, uh, you know, venturing into this podcast land that I've uh, ended up in, which has been an absolutely fantastic experience. But it, it's, you know, as I've told folks, it, it's scary as hell. And it's scary as hell when you record yourself during a training session or during a game, because sometimes the, I think the emotion of the game uh you know or the emotion of a training session it's very easy to get wrapped up in it and it's very easy to sort of ride that wave and i've you know i've gone back and reviewed some of my sessions and i go oh my god like i sounded like a crazy person there sure or, yeah right you know and you're like,
0: like oh i should have said this at this time you know this was like the perfect time to make my uh, coaching point but i completely missed it
1: absolutely absolutely yeah. and uh You know, the the number of times I go, man, it's like missed opportunity there. But I feel like um, into, you know, to sort of echo what John says on the uh, the 343 podcast that I agree. I think uh, there is something incredibly valuable um, to you know, to almost do a self-critique or a self-analysis uh, in terms of uh, what's working or not working. And, you know, I, I've gotten much better. Um, it's still something that I have to work toward and sort of be aware that I'm doing it. It's sort of the over-coaching. Um, I tend to want to give players answers. And, you know, it's sort sure. of this, uh, I don't know, I always uh, tell my wife and, and others, it's kind of like in my DNA to like this, oh my God, everybody, right? And uh, sure. the, pro- the problem is, is that, part of the learning happens sometimes that you have to allow them to figure out. You have to allow them to struggle a little bit. You have to have them, you know, kind of search for that answer rather than just placing it right in front of them because it's, it's easy. You know, we probably all experience this at at different times in our educational careers that um, it's easy to sort of, uh, you know, uh, ingest it and then spit it back out and then go, Oh, okay. That's what coach wants me to do. Well, yeah, but why does he want me to do it and sort of get into, yeah. the, you know, the real, the, the deep sort of, you know, knowledge base that I think we all want, uh, you know, for our players. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love that point and I, I love the the self-reflection.
0: Uh, yeah. I've never had this happen before, but like this past season is the first time I've had this. Um, this is a new club. So um, a lot of these girls, um, so I, um run the nine to 12s on the girls side at my new club and uh, a lot of these girls you know just haven't played club before haven't pl- had organized soccer before um which is different for me you know because you know the level at um at Orlando was very very high um but this is good because it's just a separate kind of coaching for me um but um this is the first time I've had a parent come up to me and it's like, "Hey." Um, you're a little too nice to the girls. I was like, I've never <laughs> had that happen. I was like, I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you just, just need to yell at them more. Just you know, from the sideline, you just you know have to be pacing up and down and just yelling at them. Like that is not my coaching style, and I've never had someone tell me I'm too nice. That is hilarious. But yeah,
1: yeah. Well, so I I can completely relate, and I I think we're we're brothers from other mothers because. uh <laughs> Uh, why I say that? So that the club that I'm currently with um, had some new players come into the club. Um, we we were pretty late in the process of forming uh, our boys team, and this was sometime this past summer. And two new players showed up, and one of the dads afterwards uh, pulled me aside, and he goes, "You don't yell and scream at the kids." And yeah. I said, what 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 do you mean? And he goes. Well, other coaches that we've worked with and uh, other experiences we've had, we've had, you know, coaches that are really sort of verbal and vocal and, and things of that nature. And I said, well, uh, you know, just as a heads up, um, I'm one, I'm really glad that you guys are a part of this experience. But two, if, if you're looking for that, I'm probably not the guy. That's here. not me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's hard. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have to put, you know, I'd have to put on like a, an Oscar winning uh, performance uh, sure. to you know almost get into character uh, to uh, to be that uh, type of coach, because, as I've told people before, um, I, I've learned more from the bad coaches I've had in terms of what I don't want to be. And I had plenty of yellers and screamers mm-hmm. and, and folks like that. And um you know, part of why, my soccer journey got cut short in the youth game I think was for for some of those reasons right I didn't feel really that the coaches were that invested in me uh, as a player and ended up finding other sports where you know felt a little bit more kind of a part of it or whatever and um, yeah I, I just think that's I, I just don't know uh, if any kid's gonna walk away and, and feel good about being yelled at or screamed at you know because sure. of, uh, I mean, if it's a goalkeeper or defender misses a play or someone misses a pass or I don't know, a kid misses an open goal or or something like that. I mean, they need reassurance
0: then. You know, that's when, like, you know, if my striker misses an open goal, it's like, hey, it's okay. Another one will come, not like berate the kid. You know, it's like, how can you miss that? You know, I might, I might, you know, I might joke with them and be like, dude, you're six yards out. How do you miss that? What are we doing today? You know, What did you eat? What is going on today? You don't miss those, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I had, you know, I had coaches that, um, you know, you make a mistake and like the verbal abuse comes out and like then like you're just afraid of your coach. I think yeah. there's a fine line between, you know, um, you know, full respect of your coach and, you know, being deathly afraid of your
1: coach, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Um,
1: well, and I, I think in those situations, I would agree with you that I almost go sort of the opposite of what is, uh, you know, kind of the traditional thinking. And I think you and I are on the same page that I would almost double down on the player in in terms of saying, you know, I I know you may have missed that play, but you know what, I have ultimate confidence in you that you're going to make it next time. Sure, and
0: sure. It isn't,
1: you know, it's not the reason to yank them out of the game. It's not a reason to. No, no, no that's when you don't. You know, that's when yeah. like. Yeah. You know, just be like, hey, just hang in there. You know, I had I had a player miss, a, uh,
0: like, a PK in the final, like, really early on in the game. And then, you know, I get, of course, you know, me thinking, going, okay. Then we got another PK in, in the, uh, like, I think like 20 minutes later. And I go, okay, I'm going to give this kid a PK. He scores it. Like, he will, you know, his confidence will boost. But, of course, he misses it. So, it did the exact opposite. So, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's interesting, isn't it? So,
1: yeah. So um, shift gears just a little bit. Um, you, you have a lot going on, right. Uh, in terms of uh, moving to Atlanta, getting settled with a new club. Um, how do you take care of yourself uh, as a coach? And oh, you, you can go any direction you want with that. Sure. Um, sure. You know, on top of that, you know, I have a baby on the
0: way, my firstborn. Uh, so congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. That's, uh, so it's been a real whirlwind. Um, how do I take care of myself? Um, first of all, my wife is, oh man, the most patient person in the world. And, um, she, um, she really hones in on um, my feelings. Um, so, um, uh, I know we met, uh, I mean, we haven't really met, but um, we started talking because I think you posted something about mental health, um, and that is something that is um, super important to me. Um, and uh, it's funny because um, I uh, I'm a huge advocate for mental health, and uh, I know uh, I know I struggle with anxiety and. Uh, uh, because, because of work, you know, I have, I've have so much going on. I have, um, I put work first. So then, uh, I don't have to deal with my problems. Um, and I think that is just how coaches deal with things. I just think that's how, um, a lot of people deal with things. They, you know, just dive into work so they don't have to, um, cope with their problems or even, you know, talk about their problems and just, go on with their day saying everything's fine and you know um it is what it is and um for me coaching is my outlet um and you know um it's it's everything i do um it's soccer is literally my life um but the way i heal is spending time with my wife spending time with my family um just sometimes getting away from the sport is really really important and i don't think as coaches we do that enough um we don't take time for ourselves and to self-medicate and uh uh self-heal um and i i know we spoke about um therapy
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: You know, when we first spoke and we talked about, you know, getting help um, any way you can, you know, just talking about your problems is really, really important. Um, and I've, you know, I've been on the end of, you know, talking to friends like, you know, you should, you should really talk to someone and you should really, um, you know, talk to a professional um, about, you know, anxiety, depression, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and I, it's funny, I give this advice, but, um, and, you know, I've made that call, but I have not done it yet. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I know um, it's going to be, this is what my wife thinks. She, she says, um, because she knows it's going to be hard and I know the process because, you know, I've, I've done my research and I'm such an advocate for it. And I know how hard it's going to be and um, the steps that it's going to have to take. And, you know, um, I'm, you know, it it sounds kind of hypocritical of me telling people to go get help when I haven't done it. And, you know, you know, speaking to you um, was a huge push for me and uh, listening to your podcast, um, you know, has really really helped um and I just want to let you know it's you know you speaking about these things and getting it out there and you know just making it not a taboo is so vital to coaches players anyone that's struggling and uh yeah I'm definitely gonna make that call soon for sure
1: (laughs) yeah well uh Kudos to you, man, for uh, the, the courage that it takes to do that because, uh, you know, I, I was in a similar situation and um, it it's hard. It is incredibly hard and especially being a male. And I had this conversation with um, a, a very close uh, friend of mine that I've known for actually since high school and she married one of my, my best friends and she saw me. I forget where we were we were in a social situation some sort of gathering or whatever and she came up to me afterward and she goes she goes you look really happy and I said you know what sort of gave you that vibe and she goes there's something different about you and I said well I said I don't you know share this necessarily with everybody because it sort of takes a a little bit of confidence to on my on my part to kind of to get there to talk about it but um I said, yeah. I said I, I've been working with a therapist for a little while now. And if someone has the ability to do that, uh I I couldn't recommend it enough. And it's it's everything you said, Alberto, because uh as coaches, I mean we we give of ourselves, we give of our time. It's always about other people. It's sort of, you know, we're planning for the next training session, the next game, mm-hmm. the next tournament. Uh, you know whatever it might be, but yet there's very little time where we can devote to sort of how we're feeling and kind of how we approach, uh, you know, our, our 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 life and and the sort of, of the people around us that we love. You know, like a- absolutely, and it, it it definitely hit the tipping point for me. Um, my my dad was uh, battling some illnesses at the time, and um, I just felt that you know, God, something is not right here, and you know, uh, when I when I got to it, um, sort of the, you know, the the symptoms of anxiety and depression, really those were sort of what was camouflaging some of the um some of the issues, quite honestly, that I had unresolved uh from my childhood. And sure. had been able to sort of level up uh the younger version of myself with the present day version of myself. And you're absolutely right in everything you said that um it's hard it's a long and winding road um i'm incredibly fortunate uh so i've worked with two different uh, mental health professionals and both have been very good um i also think the first time i did it i more or less was going through the motions i think the second time uh the person that i'm working with presently she has pushed me she has challenged me um she has been I mean, one of the the most important people in my life to sort of get me to this place where, you know, I I start each day with gratitude and start each day of, you know, it's more of a a glass half full versus half empty. And, uh, you know, yeah, being a husband, being the parent to the three kids, being a coach, being an employee. I mean, it's it's hard, man. So, yeah, uh, I I will forever be in your corner um, for even having the courage to, Just give folks a glimpse behind the curtain that um, you know, and and that's for me. I mean, part of the the reason I started the podcast not only is it to connect folks in the soccer community in a number of capacities, but it's also to talk about sort of those things that a lot of us are afraid to talk about. And mental health will will come up fairly regularly uh, on this podcast, and I know just because these are conversations that might happen in private or might happen in a text message or a dm or something like that where people have reached out and said oh my god you know i'm probably a little afraid to say this publicly but i'm so thankful that you know someone else is feeling the way i am and uh you know i i know this sounds cliche to say this but i mean truly to, to remind those listening to this you're you're not alone and that you know folks like myself folks like you i mean we are truly here Poor people battling um, you know, especially when it comes to anxiety and depression, because it can be debilitating. And it can Yeah, I mean, like me, I my I mean my,
0: my dad, you know, he's he's worked his whole life and you know, and uh I I I was like, Oh, I'm just you know, falling in the same footsteps my dad is and like and I was like, you know, it's a stress, you know, it's it's not a big deal. I can shake it off, whatever. You know, and, you know, talking to my wife, she's like, no, it's, this is more than stress. Like, this is, this is something else. You can't sleep and like, you go day, like you go times without eating and like, it's, um, you're giving your all to your work, which, you know, all of us do, all of us in coaching, we give all to our work. We try to be the best, per. we try to be the best coach possible, but we can't be the best coach possible if we don't take care of ourselves first.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Well, and I, and, and I, I was going to say, is uh, you welcome a, a new child into this world soon. Um, I mean, I, I found for me one of the tipping points or how it got to the tipping point of how I was treating my son uh, as his coach and as his dad. And I was turning into everything I hated <laughs> about the sure. yellers and screamers. Right. Um, I, I was <laughs> the from the sideline huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely <laughs> awful. And. You know, my wife said to me, she goes, um, if you keep this up, you're going to drive him away from the game that you guys really, really like. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, like just dropping truth bombs. Right. You know, like you're right, like, the smartest person I know. Uh, and part of why, why I married my wife, because I'm like, she is like that dose of reality that I need. And uh man, she told me that I was like, I got to make this call. And uh sure. so, so glad I did. And it's so funny. Yes. I mean, you know, so there, there's a misconception be, just because, you know, it's been a, um, a year and a half or so for me um, in sort of this, uh, you know, mental health journey that I've been on. Uh, yeah, there are days where we have setbacks. There are days where I feel like, oh, my God, I should have handled that differently with with our son. But I will yeah. say this, we have more good days than we do bad days. Sure. And it's gotten to a place now where, um, you know, I, I guess I would say the pressure or the unnecessary pressure that I was putting on him is not there. And, you know, the, the tables have really flipped where, as I've told others, I mean, he's the one initiating a lot of the soccer stuff now, you know, when we're not at a a team training or a game or something like that, he's typically the one who comes up to me if I'm, you know, uh, watching a show or watching a game or whatever. And he's like, Hey dad, like let's go play. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, I'm never going to tell him no. Um, because I want him to be the one sort of, you know, I don't I don't want to give him all the answers. I want him to start to figure it out, you know, on his own. So it's neat to see that.
0: You're living the dream. So <laughs> you're living the dream.
1: Yeah. Well, so um, uh, two questions uh, sure. but before we wrap up. So what would you like to see uh, you know, as you welcome a, a new addition to your family, what would you like to see for, I believe you're having a girl if I remember. Yes. Um, yeah what would you like to see for her if soccer is in the cards and uh oh, yeah you know, not only her dad but as a coach
0: it's funny um my my buddy was like you know what what are you gonna do if um your daughter doesn't like soccer and i uh i, I always go well she's gonna have to figure out how to get her scholarship on her own then i'm just kidding <laughs> totally kidding. um uh no um yeah, I, I hope she likes soccer, obviously, um, but if not, you know, it's not something I'm gonna, you know, push too hard, you know, um, yeah. but, you know, if she does, oh, man, there's there's so many things, because now I'm, for the first time, I'm coaching on the girls' side, and um, man, there's so many differences, like, um, for example, I, I don't know if this is, like, everywhere, but, like, on the girls just don't watch soccer as much, I feel like. Um, and I would want that to be a little bit more normal, you know, for, you know, if you, a lot of the times you coach the guy's side, the boy's side, and they're like, you know, they're talking about Pogba, they're talking about Messi, they're talking about all these players, you know, and all these teams and that they know, and like... I'm coaching on the girls side and like, you know, I talk about these players, you know, I'll talk about, you know, the Cardi Lloyds, I'll talk about, you know, the Ox Morgans and, you know, most of the time, you know, some of them know them. And then a lot of them just don't. And, um, on my team snap, you know, that's how we contact. I, uh, I, I always post like really important games like the qualifying, like I, uh, I would post, you know, like, Hey, the qualifying game is at this time, you know, you know, spend some time with your daughter and, you know watch the game and you know um watch these positions and watch um um compare you know how you play comparable to like how the pro plays and you know i just want it to be a little bit more normal um you know and i just want you know the girls game to um i I just want it to be more normal and i just want girls to you know, watch soccer a bit more, you know, and um, have role models that they can actually see, you know, and uh, go out and support the NWSL um, and support the girls, the, the women's college game. Um, yeah, that's something I definitely want to see.
1: I love the uh, the advocacy uh, for the women's game. I, I completely agree with you. And um, yeah, uh, as I was telling uh, Kat and Tristan in the last episode, that it's so funny how we as humans... You know, we sort of gravitate to folks that are most like us. But for whatever reason, when it comes to girls soccer or women's soccer, um, you know, finding those people. And the funny thing, they're out there. Um, you just have to sort of dig a little bit deeper and find sure. them. Sure. Uh, I have told friends of mine that, um, I mean, to- Tobin Heath is one of my most favorite players to watch. Male, female, doesn't matter. Just favorite players, period. And the it's way they-
0: underrated, I feel like. People yeah. just don't talk about it as much as they talk about like Alex Morgan or you know, yeah. the Carly Lloyds. but
1: right, you get well, things going. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the fact that um, I mean there there's a World Cup coming up next summer. Yeah, and I will watch that as religiously as I watched the World Cup that happened this previous summer. And That's great. you know um, the the quality is there. Uh, yeah, so I, I agree. I, I love the the advocacy for the uh, for the women's game for sure. Um, So uh, the question that I always like to end uh, episodes with is what are we doing right? And what are we doing wrong when it comes to soccer, soccer culture uh, in the United States? (laughs)
0: Uh, That's a great question. Um, So I think at this day and age, I'm just mainly speaking about the United States right now. Um, I think at this day and age, um, we are, are the most educated as we've been in the sport, um, right now. And, you know, be it licenses or, you know, just having the information at your fingertips, you know, to where you can just, um, you know, look up sessions by Klopp or Guardiola or whatever it may be. Um, that's great you know that's great that we can do that and that's great that we can um we can look up that information you know and um see those resources but um i think we just need to remember that we need to be ourselves um it's um i, I heard i listened to colton's um, set, um uh interview and i thought he was spot on when he said you know um if i if i were to watch his session i would never replicate it the same way um uh, i mean perfectly um because you know that's him that's his personality he ran it the way he did and um you know i will never run a session like guardiola you know i can sure i can take little bits of it and like oh man i really like that session but will this fit with my personality will this fit with my style probably not so let me tweak it to see how it can fit for me. Um, And I think we need to do a little bit better job uh, instead of copying and pasting to add our little, you know, a little spice, our little flavor to it. Um, And we as coaches need to be, um, we need to be a little bit more brave on um, letting players, you know, be creative, Um, letting players fail so that they can, um, they can learn. You know, that's the only way they're going to learn is by um, making mistakes. And we need to let them make those mistakes, because if we're being puppet masters and we are, you know, you know, constantly on the sidelines telling them what to do, they're not going to think for themselves. And that's when we run into problems in the D.A. level, at the ECNL level that we get players that, you know, just can't think for themselves and we just, I think, need to get away from that and need to let kids fail um, er, and early on.
1: So that
0: is what I think.
1: <laughs> I think that is a, uh, a great place to leave it. That's uh, very well said. If, uh, if, if folks want to connect with you um, in a number of ways, what, is, uh, what are some of the ways they can do that? Sure. Um, so you can always email me
0: at coach a gonzalez at hotmail.com or you can uh, reach me on twitter at coach a underscore underscore gonzalez
1: awesome well uh alberto i can't thank you enough for uh coming on the latest episode of on the touchline and um continuing to be a, a mental health advocate and champion um means a whole lot to me and uh yeah, uh, I was going to say, I, I think when you and I meet in person, uh, we're, we're going to have a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, so.
0: definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I see Everton's winning, so uh, I'm sure you're going to have a good day rest of your day.
1: <laughs> you guys know me well. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank um, you, Jason.
0: I appreciate yeah. you having me on. I really do.
1: My sincere thanks to Brookhaven FC soccer coach, Alberto Gonzalez, for coming on the latest episode of the On the Touchline podcast. I have a feeling, uh, much like the other guests that have come on this show, you'll definitely be hearing more from Alberto uh, in the future. Wish him all the best. A friendly reminder that you can find new episodes of the On the Touchline podcast every Wednesday and There will be some weeks where there are two episodes released. Uh, This happens to be one of those weeks. So I hope you enjoy the content that I've been able to uh, share with you. Until next time, I thank you for listening. And this has been the On the Touchline podcast. I'm your host, Jason Broadwater.